Hey everyone, welcome to What Are You Watching? I'm Alex Withrow and it's another solo review. These seem to be going pretty well and people dig them, who knew? All a part of my master plan to slowly phase Nick off of the podcast. <laughs> Ridley Scott's House of Gucci. Yes, it's Ridley, it's Gucci, it's Gaga. This movie is coming out wide today, Wednesday, November 24th, and I think, I hope, it's going to do better business than Ridley's last movie, the excellent Last Duel, which was released just a few weeks ago and still not many people have seen. I saw Gucci last Thursday at an early preview screening, and then I saw it again last night because, you know, why the hell not? And it's it's just a lot of fun. I really, really like this movie. I, of course, liked it more the second time last night, and you know, this thing is, it's very purposeful in the way it is told and how it's told. It's very big, so of course, no spoilers here, but I guess based on what limited knowledge I knew about this movie going in, which is, I, I did not know anything about this true story. It's just not really a part of my, you know, world, the fashion industry here. So based on the limited knowledge I did have of the movie, I can say that House of Gucci is a it's a better version of exactly what I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, it's not a critique of the movie. If anything, it means it's being marketed very well. And if you've seen the trailer for the movie, I am pretty confident saying that it's selling itself well. And what you see is what you're going to get. And it's broad, but it's well made because it's made by a master. So all of that is intentional. And it's just, it's so funny. I read an interview with Ridley a few months ago, like before these movies came out, and he said that he was kind of considering The Last Duel his prestige film and Gucci was for fun. And I'm paraphrasing that, but I got the sense from that interview that The Last Duel, not that Ridley Scott like makes movies to win Oscars, but that The Last Duel was a kind of quote unquote Oscar movie, a prestige film. And I didn't expect Gucci to be considered for, you know, major awards, but it's really likely that <laughs> Gucci's going to get Oscar attention. And the last duel is just like weeping silently in a corner, a dark corner of movie hell. I've read some early criticism of Gucci and it's just so like, just so dumb. I'll get to that, but I'm definitely going to fire a few shots here today. But before we get into Gucci, I thought it'd be relevant to do a podcast episode today, the day before Thanksgiving, which is a day that is traditionally used to, you know, among many things, but a great way to avoid family members on Thanksgiving and Christmas is by going to the movies. And I feel as though I'm somewhat of an expert on this because I've been the person who has dragged many a family member to the movies on such holidays you know, what better way to spend time with family that you rarely see than by sitting in a large, dark room and not talking for two and a half hours. So believe it or not, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, the actual days are insanely popular for movies. I worked in a movie theater for like four or five years, four or five holiday seasons. And I'm tell I, my favorite story from that is 2003. So this is Christmas 2003. Okay. First showing of the day, it's like 10 or 11 a.m. I don't know. But every single show of that morning was sold out. And I, I remember some of the movies. It was like cheaper by the dozen. Like, yeah, family friendly. Okay. But then you also had like Cold Mountain. Like who goes to a 10 a.m. showing of Cold Mountain on Christmas morning? 
I'm not making this up. I, I remember this. Like, who would go see that that early on Christmas morning? Paycheck, the Ben Affleck and John Woo movie. You remember that movie? No, of course not. Who remembers that movie? John Woo hasn't made a movie in America since. That's how much people want to avoid their families. They go see Paycheck with Ben Affleck on Christmas morning. It's just hilarious to me. So, you know, I know it's crazy, COVID, all this stuff, but if you're with family or not, if you just find yourself at the movie theaters this weekend seeing House of Gucci, I don't think you're going to be disappointed, especially if you give that trailer a watch. You can watch 30 seconds of the trailer like I did and know exactly what movie you're getting into. Again, spoiler free here. This is based on a true story of a very smart, very ambitious woman, Patrizia, played by Lady Gaga here who meets and falls in love with Maurizio Gucci, played by Adam Driver, who is, you know, by birth, an heir to the iconic Gucci fashion brand. But it's kind of interesting because Maurizio doesn't really want anything to do with the family business. He's interested in becoming a lawyer. And in fact, because Maurizio chooses Patrizia, he's kind of excommunicated from the Gucci family. So he really doesn't give a shit one way or another about this iconic fashion brand, but Patrizia ignites a sort of fashion passion within Maurizio, and and he decides to either team up or go against members of the Gucci family, played here by Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, Jared Leto, and more. So essentially, it's a savvy outsider infiltrates a family company and tries to ruin things as a result. It's, you know, it's a story we've seen before, but it's if you do a little research on this, it's he's been trying to make this movie since it seems 2006, and and then it all circles back to Ridley, and here he is. And this Ridley Scott is nuts. I mean, remember when he <laughs> remember when he replaced Kevin Spacey, shithead Kevin Spacey, in All the Money in the World with Christopher Plummer, like one month before the movie came out. It's Ridley is 83 years old, and he's released two movies this year, six weeks apart, and they're both really good. That's insane. House of Gucci started production. They started filming this movie in February, February 2021. That's nuts. And it's already out and it's going to be nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Like, and Ridley's just on the press tour talking a bunch of shit about Marvel. Like he's, he's nuts. I mean, why? <laughs> There's no one else doing it like him. And I mean, he's 83. It's, God love him. He, he filmed House of Gucci all over Italy and Switzerland during COVID. He started production on this movie right after The Last Duel wrapped, which means I guess they're editing The Last Duel when House of Gucci is in production. It's just, it's just crazy. I so admire that really insane work ethic. I thought this was kind of cool. House of Gucci is produced by Gianna Facio, who's Ridley Scott's wife in real life. And she's been in a number of his movies, probably most famously as Russell Crowe's wife in Gladiator. We see here in all those flashbacks. But she's produced Matchstick Men, that Will Smith football movie, Concussion. And now she's producing House of Gucci with Ridley. I just thought that was cool. So yes, I really enjoyed this movie. It is definitely long. It's two hours and 45 minutes. I can't say I felt all of that. It moves really well. It's kind of a, you know, it's a big maximalist effort. Its soundtrack is 80s centric. It's a lot of fun. The costumes are absolutely gorgeous on everyone. Someone shows up playing Tom Ford. That was great. But you know, come on, we can't lie. Like, who cares what this movie is about? I 
wanted to see this for Gaga, I would have showed up regardless just to watch her. And I loved her as Patricia. I loved her here. A lot of women were in the running for this part over the years, but I really thought Gaga seized it. And I I adored her in A Star is Born, and I'm so, so excited to see where her film career goes. I imagine she's going to be nominated for this, so that's just, <laughs> it's great. She's so game in this movie. This, is, this isn't a movie based on great restraint, bottled up emotional expression. Patrizia is, she's loud, brash, vocal, and I thought Gaga was just perfectly in tune to this. And it's not like the entire thing is covered in big hair and these great costumes and makeup. It's There are scenes when she is not fully glamorized, and that was really interesting to watch. You know, Gaga and Jared Leto are the highlights here. They're taking the biggest risks in terms of in terms of opening themselves up to public scrutiny. I I don't know, but I I love this shit. It's like at least they're trying something. I mean, if you've seen a lot has been made about their accents in this movie, and that's something that's going to be ridiculed. And that started with the trailer before people could even see the full performance and the context of the performance. But I thought their voices, all their mannerisms were perfectly appropriate for the people they were playing and the story I was watching. And, and you know, Jared Leto's character, he plays Al Pacino's son, and he is, by seemingly everyone's admission, a complete idiot. And <laughs> Jared Leto just plays him so well and has so much fun doing it. And, you know, this is an actor who's clearly proven to us a lot that he's willing to go to very, very far extremes to get into his characters. And I I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know. I mean, the accents, here's what I'll say about the accents, because both of them, particularly Gaga, has been getting a lot of shit for hers. And it this is what, this stuff just pisses me off because, okay, <laughs> the thing that bothers me most about accents is if it dips in and out. But if an actor has made a choice and they are consistent with it and they stick to it, then I don't know. It doesn't bother me as much. And Gaga absolutely does that here. It is a very strong accent. I can't say it's I mean, these aren't <laughs> these aren't people who speak Italian naturally. So it's not going to sound like perfect Italian. I, I don't know. You either have to make peace with that or not. But I think it's very, very easy to attack accents. And and again, my main problem is when an accent dips in and out. I can think of uh, countless examples of that. But I read that Gaga's Italian accent in House of Gucci was criticized by criticized nonetheless by someone who worked on the movie, who was Selma Hayek's dialogue coach. And that's just like it's just a really shitty thing to do. Like, why are you going to shit on someone who's in the movie that you helped with? I, I don't know. I'm the accents were not a problem for me at all. It's just, you know, Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, Selma Hayek, Jared Leto, Lady Gaga. They're all playing a very specific way, but they're all in key. It's like a finely tuned, well-trained orchestra, and these performers are blaring away in key together, but it's like, I can't promise you're going to like the song, you know? Adam Driver is, he's incredible as always. I, I do think his best performance is in The Last Duel. That was, man, what a tricky, tricky role for him to play, but I don't know if I had to pick five roles to round him out to show his really good range. And and this is crazy. This is in a 10-year career. We've only, he's become known to mass audiences in like 2011, 2012. So we're only talking about 10 years here. And I don't know, I think he's incredible. He's been incredible in things like Girls, Patterson, Silence, Marriage Story, The Last Duel. 
Is that my top five driver? I mean, that's crazy. You leave things out like Logan Lucky, The Report, which is a movie not a lot of people talked about. I just love him. So that's House of Gucci for me. The <laughs> If you've seen any of the promotional materials, I think it's being marketed very well, very accurately. I hope a lot of people go see it. I hope it gets a lot of Oscar nominations. I mean, The Last Duel, damn, that thing, they made that for $100 million. And so far it's made, I mean, it's not even funny. It's made like $28 million in worldwide box office. That movie comes out and will be available to stream on December 1st. So just in a few days. And I really hope that does better at home because, because The Last Duel is a really good movie that just no one saw. And that really sucks. But I think the reason Ridley Scott is able to make so many movies, so many good movies so quickly is that he works with the same cast and crew in those two movies, Last Duel and House of Gucci, have the same, same cinematographer, same editor, composer. They're distributed by different studios. Maybe that'll make a difference for Gucci's success, but I do expect Gucci to pick up a lot of Oscar nominations. I keep reminding people, this year's Oscars, there will be 10 nominees for Best Picture. Not up to 10, but 10, full stop. So <laughs> there's going to be a lot of really interesting movies in there, certainly that we would never see in any other year. But I recently did a solo review of The Last Duel and Nick came in at the end and we did our top five Ridley. So I thought it'd be fun to round it out to do a full top 10 here. So top 10 Ridley Scott for me would be, number 10 would be Prometheus. I think that has a few really strong, mortifying, but strong sequences. And I think, God, I just love Michael Fassbender in it. I wish they would make so many movies together, Ridley Scott and Michael Fassbender. Number nine, G.I. Jane. I love that movie. I just heard Ridley Scott on Mark Maron's podcast, WTF podcast, and it was great to hear Ridley kind of, he just sounds like he really likes that movie, and I really appreciate that. American Gangster would be number eight for me. The Last Duel. Yeah, number seven, The Last Duel. Sure. God, I love that movie. Matchstick Men at number six. Nick and I talked about that one a bit on the last little podcast. I mean, I, I just love that movie. I love its tone. It's so breezy. Uh, and then again, my top five here would be The Counselor, The Director's Cut, and number five, Blade Runner, number four, Black Hawk Down, number three, Alien, number two, and good old Thelma and Louise at number one. Uh, one of the great movie-going experiences of my life. Saw that in the big screen a few months ago. Oh, I loved it. So that's House of Gucci. That's Ridley Scott. That's The Last Duel again. I appreciate everyone who's been listening to these solo reviews. Nick and I talk these out. It's not like I do these behind his back. He couldn't do anything about it if I did. It's kind of cool just to check in from time to time and talk about different new releases. We spend the bulk of our main episodes talking about, you know, older movies. We're trying to, I just changed the language on our social media saying we're two, two people just doing whatever we can to keep film alive because film is just needs all the help it can get. Something that does not need a lot of help is television and streaming shows. They are doing great. I think TV kind of dominates the conversation more nowadays in terms of literal like, hey, what are you watching? People are usually going to answer with television shows. So I'm just going to talk about two real quick here that I watched and that I kind of endorse for whatever that's worth. One is something that a lot of people have already seen that I'm probably late to. And one is far more recent, and that's Dope Sick. That's on Hulu. It's eight episodes long. 
damn, wow, this is intense. Uh, Barry Levinson, a director I really like, he directed the first two episodes. And, you know, there have been a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows made about the current opioid crisis. And we've certainly seen a lot of movies about the effects of the opioid crisis. And Dope Sick is definitely one of the best I've seen so far, if not the best. This is a really informative, compelling, terrifying look at the, well, at the who, what, where, when, and why of how OxyContin was put on the market and thereby inflaming this current horrible opioid crisis we're in. And, you know, it's like big shocker. This whole thing was cooked up by a family of rich white people who are just in this continual pissing match with each other, according to the show anyway. And that's that's one angle of the show, this kind of horrible family. And there are many other angles. We see a small town doctor played by Michael Keaton, played excellently by Michael Keaton. God, I hope he wins an Emmy for this. And Keaton plays a doctor in a small town that's hit really hard by opioid use. And And Dopesick covers other angles of the people who are abusing the drugs, people who are investigating the drug. And what I liked about the show, what it gets really right, is that maybe more than any other substance, this thing can grab anyone from anywhere. Does not care what you do for a living. Oh, it was, I mean, it's a, it's a terrifying show. Aspects of it are really tough, but it's kind of necessary viewing in some ways. And very good. And finally, I thought it'd be fun to kind of chime in about The White Lotus. I just watched it. I know people have been watching this for months, but it's on HBO. It's six episodes long. I binged it in two sittings. It's by Mike White, who I like a lot. I've really liked his other HBO show, Enlightened, and he's written a bunch of movies that I appreciate. The Good Girl, Chuck and Buck, School of Rock, the White Lotus is about a it's about a group of privileged white people who are being horrible and having a really horrible time at this amazing Hawaiian resort. It's a comedy. The reason why I wanted to talk about it, because I know I'm late to it, of course there are a few people who star in it who you've likely heard of, and they're all really good, like Steve Zahn, Connie Britton, Jennifer Coolidge, who's just, ah, oh, God, I love her. But the reason to watch this show is this guy, Murray Bartlett, an actor I had never heard of before who steals the entire series as the manager of the resort. And I thought he was worth watching it alone. So those are my two cents on White Lotus. And, you know, a fun fact about Mike White, that dude damn near won Survivor season 37 a few years ago. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. And like no one on the island knew who he was. So again, that's just my two cents on the White Lotus and Dope Sick two TV shows. We don't get to TV that often on the pod, but that's it. Let us know what you think of Gucci. Let us know if you watch The Last Duel. Please watch it and let us know if you do at W-A-Y-W underscore podcast. We'd love to hear what you think. And as always, thanks for listening and happy watching. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. You can watch my films and read my movie blog at alexwithrow.com. NicholasDostal.com is where you can find all of Nick's film work. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at whatareyouwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at W-A-Y-W underscore podcast.
Next time, we're going to talk about our favorite movies of 2011, one of the best single years of movies since we've been alive. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.